Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage of
501c3 organization that is dedicated to, not just dedicated to, but stands up for the rights of people that have been victimized by the drug war, and we believe that no one should go to jail for a plant, and no one should go to jail for 10 plants or 100 plants or 55,000 plants or 300 gallons of oil, depending on what it is that you have in need. You shouldn't go to jail for that. Um, clearly, the people that are into the next legalization would fall short of those things I just said. Whatever your bill is, whatever your initiative is, whatever your thing to vote on is, it's never going to allow me to have 55 gallons of oil. So think about that. What if I need that much? What if I need that many plants? Who cares? No victim, no crime. It's important to remember this. Uh, we've got some very special guests today. Uh, we've got Vicki Anderson from the Cannabis Patients Wall, and she's going to be joining us in a little bit. Um, we've got, back it up, Becca, screening the call today. Uh, Mary Donnelly's having some issues with our uh, login, and if somebody could reach out to her and help her navigate it, I know she's there ready, way, willing, and able to, uh, uh, to take on the screening. Um, we got Craig Cecil. He'll be calling us live from Terre Haute, Indiana, where he is languishing in prison, federal prison, with a life sentence for pot. Now, I think it's important as we live in an age of information for us to realize that I'm going to move along very, uh, in a very limited fashion on my own today. I've got a lot of uh, guests, and I'm going to give you all plenty of time to talk. Um, but I've got to always have a thing or two I'd, I'd like to, to bring up before we get into the guests. And the thing or two I have today, well, geez, I may get a little derailed too. I got injured yesterday, and I am not taking pain meds except for cannabis. And cannabis has this funny uh, side effect in addition to helping your pain and heal you up. It gets you a little high, so you don't think about it anymore. So while I cannot walk, I can almost not talk too. <laughs> So that should make for an interesting show. Um, let's see, where was I going with this? Shoot, I need somebody helping me here. All right, well, we'll get back to that as that thought left the station and we'll go on. Um, we've, <laughs> we've got a live stream going, maybe two of them. I know we've got at least one. One's on my public figure page. The other one starts off on Lisa Wooldridge's page, and she is uh, very adept at sharing and getting uh, visibility go on on this thing. And so uh, this show has gone from a few hundred listeners to a few thousand listeners to uh, rapidly chasing the 10,000 listener mark. And what that does is, since we're an all-volunteer organization and since we don't have a budget for advertising and we don't have commercials on the show, you get two hours of content. You don't have to pay a nickel for it, but we ask that you help us share it around so that more people can hear it, see it, and have access to it. So that way, when it's your turn, and what I mean by that is if we don't end prohibition, eventually it's going to be your turn. Your turn meaning facing the justice system, getting arrested, having your stuff taken, um, maybe having critical medication taken. We have um, uh, Peggy right now in Ohio who can't take her cannabis meds, and thus her MS symptoms are degrading horribly and quickly right now. And we're trying to do everything we can to stop it, but it'd be such a quick fix, such a simple 
solution. And we don't have it today because she's on bail. One of the terms of her bail is she has to continue to test clean or not worse. And they're testing. So if Peggy was able to take cannabis, she would probably be able to get up and walk without having a stupid injury as I did. Um, this is such an avoidable thing. It's all so avoidable, and we could we could cause it to um, not be a problem. As we were talking about a little bit earlier, we're passing legislation all over the place, and that legislation matters so long as your law enforcement agrees with it, as the folks in Michigan have found out and the folks in Arizona have found out and folks in so many places have found out where they pass a law and they still find themselves, California is horrible about it. More cases we support in California than anywhere else. So that's the first side of it. The second side of it is your law is going to fall short of what some people need. Some people need eight different strains of cannabis. Some people need a bunch of cannabis. Some people need cannabis oil and cannabis uh, hash, and they need flowers, and they need vaporizers, and they need all of it because each different delivery system does something different for them. A lot of people need THC and CBD in high doses. Unfortunately, a lot of people need oil. A lot of people need to take a gram of oil a day to stay alive to beat back a, an, an ailment or two that, are, that is chasing on them to give them any kind of quality of life. People are taking suppositories in large doses. Well, guess what, folks? It takes a lot of cannabis to make some of these medicines. It takes a lot. There are some people that are consuming based on what the plant would, would you know, offer a pound every few days. You get topicals into it, and you could consume you know, a half a pound a day worth of medicine without even me having to fudge the numbers. If I came in as an expert to testify in your case, I could easily justify the need if you were taking topicals, suppositories, and cannabis oil to take upwards of a half a pound a day worth of, worth of material. And I could justify it. But what court, what jury, what judge, what prosecutor is going to find merit in that? They're all going to say, well, that's ridiculous. Clearly, you were selling it for profit, and clearly that's bad. And that's what we're up against. I keep hearing it over and over again. You get a case, you get a raid now. It used to be, oh, my God, they raided a dispensary. Well, now they say they raided an illegal dispensary. Everybody's like, oh, well, they were not legal, so I guess it's okay. Well, trust me, folks, even if you're legal, even if you're doing everything right, as some of us know about, they don't care. Think about it. You're a prosecutor. All you need is reasonable, uh, you know, you, you need, a, you need a, a minimal amount of probable cause to initiate a warrant. Okay? You've got to have somebody say they know something. Okay? That's pretty easy to find. Or you need to have evidence of something happening. Well, it turns out that if you're running a dispensary or a collective, a delivery service or manufacturing, it'd be very easy to make it appear that anything was happening. wouldn't matter. Oh, look at that. They had 20 pounds pot. Well, what if they had 200 customers that needed it? doesn't work out so bad, does it? Okay. What if they needed to have 10 different types or 15 different types to satisfy their patient need? That's entirely possible. 
so the amount really shouldn't be a problem. The license, well, you know, you can get a license to grow tomatoes. You can get a license to grow cabbage. You can get a license to do things a certain way in a certain place. But does that make it valid? Does that make it just? Does that warrant, if you didn't do it, a felony crime? And that's what we're dealing with. So we so quickly forget that we're dealing with a plant and trying to regulate a plant like like wine or like whatever they sold you on doesn't make any sense. It's a plant that anybody can grow. Anybody can grow more than they need of. And it's a plant that could be bought, sold, traded for just about anything. So how the hell are you really going to regulate it? Well, what you're going to do is you're going to draw lines and you're going to set boundaries that allow for certain people to do things without as much risk of prosecution. And then you have everybody else that falls on the other side of it finds themselves still breaking the law. And somebody uh, hit me up, and I think I'm either supposed to remember this or supposed to read it or something. My brain's a little fuzzy today. Yes, the cannabis is working. But, uh, oh, I know, it's, it, it has to do with Lisa Sublet. Hopefully she'll call and talk, in, talk about this. But this is something to think about, okay? There are people that will not break a law. And they will put themselves or their loved ones at peril because they will not break a law. What I mean by that is they have an ailment or a loved one, a child, a, a husband, a daughter, um, a, 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 whoever, somebody close, has an ailment that they know that could be benefited by the use of cannabis, which being illegal in the place that you live in, and because of your values and your fears and your lifestyle, have determined that you're not going to break a law come hell or high water. So rather than fix your child's problem, allay the, the seizures or, or, or shrink the tumor or whatever it is that you could do, you don't. You let your child suffer and possibly die because you won't break the law. You got one side of that. Everybody can judge it for what it is, judge it if they wish or not. The other side of the law is the people that feel they're righteous to do what they see fit and damn the law, and in which case they're violating the laws, making themselves willfully committing a criminal act to do something that shouldn't be criminalized. Okay, that's the other side of that coin. Think about it. Where do you fit in this? And what's right? What's wrong? I don't know. we got to think about it. All right, another thing. I said I wasn't going to pontificate, but I went and got high, so now you got to deal with my pontificating. Sorry. One more one more thought, then we'll get on to the show. The next thought is this. We work with all volunteers. We're all volunteers here, every single one of us. If you're with the Human Solution, I guarantee you, you are not getting paid for what you do because we don't. If we raise money, it goes towards what we're raising it for. If we are asking for help or favors, it is, all about the cause. It's what we're doing. We've never once, nobody has ever taken a nickel from any nickels that we've raised that have gone anywhere but where they were supposed to. So what that means is if you're working with the Human Solution, either as an adjunct working in another group that we're working with as a coalition or a member, a practicing uh, active member, you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart. You're doing something because you feel it's right. You're doing something because it needs doing and nobody's going to do it for you and it's certainly not going to do itself. So that's what we're dealing with. 
So with that, you get all kinds of people. Typically, the people that do the most work are the people that are the most broken. I don't know why that is. I wish it wasn't that way. But I have watched again and again and again the people that have helped the most, the people that raise their hand first, the people that take that first step are the people that don't have a pot to piss in, the people that are in debt up to their eyeballs, the people that don't have tires on their car, the people that whatever, you can fit your problem here, the people that can hardly walk. Those are the people that get up out there and they show up. Somehow they're able to reach outside of themselves and they're able to do it. The people that have the most seem to do the least, and I'm just saying it like it is. I'm not here to judge that. I'm just noticing it. The other thing I've noticed is that there are lots of good people out there. I don't know how many of them are really good, how many of them act like they're good. It doesn't really matter. There are lots of good people, and sometimes good people make mistakes. Sometimes good people do stupid and bad things. Does it make them a bad person, or does it make them a person? Again, I'm not here to judge the person. I'm here to judge actions. Secondly, and maybe more important, and unfortunately I've discovered this in an all-volunteer setting more than I wish I had, but bad people sometimes do good things. Confusing, isn't it? It's the way it is. We need to live in a world where actions are the only thing that matter. I can't guess your heart. I can't judge you. I never know where you came from, why you do what you do. All I know is what you do and what you don't do, only to the point that it affects me and those people that I'm around. And so I ask you this. In the experience that I have, the people that are qualified to do the most tend to do the least, and the people that are qualified to do the least tend to do the most. And in this world of activism, typically, it's a very progressive, forward-thinking organization or, or movement. Many people are very progressive or forward-thinking, so they're anti-capitalists, anti-one-percenters, anti-top-of-the-heapers, and everybody should share, right? Well, then let's share. Step up and share. That's all I'm saying, whether it's with the Human Solution or some other organization or no organization at all. It shouldn't be hard to find somebody that needs help. It shouldn't be hard to find a way to participate in something that's meaningful. All I got to do is do it. All I got to do is do it. How many millions of people are going to watch the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks? How many millions of people go to the beach? How many millions of people go and, 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 and participate in so many things? They have the will and wherewithal to do wherewithal to do those things. And then every time when the man is down, somebody just got taken out, somebody just got lost everything, they're 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 fighting for their life, their freedom, their whatever, and the only answer is put up a GoFundMe page and hope people you don't know donate money. Okay. I'm sorry, but that's weak and that's unacceptable. I think we all need to step up and do a little more and there's so much to do. So let's help. All right, I've burned up 20 minutes. I promised I wouldn't do that. We're going to bring up Albert Thomas from Hawaii. He's a new chapter coordinator, and he is doing a lot of good out there in Hawaii. And we've got some cases that are coming forward, <clears throat> one in particular that we're going to be talking about. Um, we've got Craig Cecil going to be calling in from Terre Haute, Indiana, where he's serving a life sentence for pot. And then we've got George Martirano, who's supposed to be calling in, um, he's going to be doing a segment, and then we're going to have um, the Cannabis Wall, Cannabis Patients Wall, Vicki Anderson and company, and then we got a whole bunch more. we got a special guest going to be coming in at the top of the hour, somebody who I 
frankly never would think uh, would come on this show, but I'm grateful that they are, and I'm grateful for the work they're doing, and it just demonstrates the value of shake it off, move forward, and it doesn't matter what you did or what they did before. It's what are you going to do today? What are we doing now? What are we doing together? That's the only thing that matters. Get over ourselves, folks. It's time to end prohibition. Thank you very much. Okay, we got Albert Thomas from Hawaii. Albert, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing great, Joe. Thank you so much for taking my call and for all this wonderful work that you're doing. Well, I'm uh, I'm I'm in a bit of a blur today, so I'm going to expect you to do the uh, cognitive thinking today. Okay, I understand. I hope you're feeling better soon too. Show. All right. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well. You know, we're looking forward to next week. Uh, we're starting to see the groundswell now around this uh, trial for Michael Doyle Ruggles here. Uh, he had a pain management clinic here in, in Hawaii uh, that he's actually introduced a concept of um, co-ops as opposed to dispensaries where See, here in Hawaii, it's always been legal to grow your own medicine, but the thing is that when you exchange the medicine, that's where we get into trouble, or that's how his case, I guess, ended up um, going into the court system. So he is actually trying to promote something that I am fully on board with, and and that is for people to grow their own medicine and and um and process it themselves um you know joe when when i came out there to willow creek springs and you had the the classes that you were doing um there was a a saying at the time the only way to know for sure it's pure is if you grow it yourself and and that's kind of what i've adopted and so i think i've spoken to you before about wanting to see what we're doing here in the way of activism progress into actually dealing with the plant and things like Mendelian inheritance and environmental acclimation and stabilization. Those are the things that we really should be focused on as opposed to this ridiculousness with the laws and the prohibition that exists today. So on I would love to do a show just talking about the plant and talking about growing the plant, talking about breeding the plant, talking about making medicine with the plant, talking about horticultural therapy, talking about organic processes, making your own fertilizers, selective breeding. I mean, I I would love to talk about that. And I tell you what, well, first of all, we know that we're going to, we're working on a new show and we're going to be able to get deeper into, we're going to have a a daily or, or, semi-daily show um, coming up that we're going to be able to get deeper into the topics of why is this plant so important and, you know, what is it about this plant that makes it worth uh, fighting for? And and certainly those topics you brought up and others like it will get some dedicated time. And I just, you know, again, not not to steal your thunder, but it's so important for people to realize that this is the hardest show to do because I don't want to do it. I don't want to have to talk about why people are getting locked up and how we can work on getting people out of prison and how to support victims. I, I hate I hate the victim mentality and the, the whole victim nation that we've created. 
I just want to, you know, live the life, live the dream, and, and, you know, be free to do what we want to do. Exactly. That's why this work is so important. And, you know, what you've created with the solidarity ribbons, you know, I'm really feeling good about my part in this. And, you know, now that I see people around that have them, it's really, you know, heartwarming. But, but we do need something to rally around. And those ribbons seem to be just perfect. So I'm going to show up. I'll be uh, at the, the court appearance for Michael Doyle Ruggles is January 30th. And we're asking folks to get there at 920. It's going to be a short hearing. This is um, where he, it, it, might, it could even be dismissed. The judge has looked at everything that Michael has given him and has taken time to go through it, I guess, piece by piece. And so he's going to make a determination on the 30th and if, to see if it's, it was supposed to have been bound over to trial. It was supposed to have started on January 16th. But the judge, in his wisdom, chose to have this hearing that, that could actually end up hopefully in dismissing those charges. So I'm not real clear on how exactly that would work. But I know we need to show up. But we want to get there, like I said, at 920. The actual hearing is at 930, and it's not expected to last more than 15 minutes. Um, and then we'll know what the next steps will be on that. Um, you know, I, I want to mention uh, something that came up on Peter and Helen Yagel's um, show on Monday. I didn't get a chance to participate. I had to leave. But they started talking about the, the government patent on cannabis, 6630507. And... Um, you know the conversation. It, it really is. It's 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 it, it flies in the face of, you know, justice and and what's right for the government to actually have a patent. Now they're they're going to be able to enforce that patent as things roll out. It it, it really is ironic though that people are in jail for the same patent. And um, so what's we're really we're excited about. Huh? Is with the scheduling. I said, what's really ironic is with the scheduling as it stands, and cannabis is scheduled a one, which means it has no known medicinal use. And yet, if you look at the patent and the reason how and why it's patented, is specifically because of a medicinal use. So right. you know the fact that this is a giant conundrum on its on its face. How does the government get a patent for something that? claims to be medicinal for a substance that legally is not medicinal. One of the two has got to be lying. And that's, you know, therein lies the rub. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's why we're following, you know, Tulsi Gabbard here in Hawaii, uh, she introduced a bill in Congress, H.R. 1227, the In-Federal Marijuana Prohibition Act. And, and then... Um, as I was looking, doing some research, I found that there's also a bill in the Senate. It's S-1689, and it's the Marijuana Justice Act. Now, now both of these are significant in that they don't only want to end prohibition. They want to right the wrongs that have been done in, with this drug war thing and folks that are being incarcerated right now for this plant um, 
So that's exciting, you know, to see that. Well, and that's for people don't realize, and unfortunately, um, even when prohibition ended in, in you know, alcohol prohibition ended, it didn't retroactively release alcohol prisoners. And I'm not, you know, advocating alcohol, but no one should go to jail for it unless they hurt somebody because of it. And that's a whole other conversation. Um, if we end prohibition, meaning that you can't get locked up anymore, but there's still people locked up that don't get let out, then our work's not done. You know, this, that's the whole point of this thing is we've got to take it all the way. we got to make a world where there aren't people locked up in prison. We've got – and the, here's the other thing. People got to realize if we correct a federal law, that doesn't fix the state prisoners. We've got Richard DeLisi and we've got Michael Thompson in the, serving state cases that aren't affected by federal law whatsoever. And so even if we were to federally reschedule it and create in a way where people didn't get locked up federally, we've got thousands and thousands of state cases currently that would not be affected. So it's got to go across all the lines. You pass a state law, I guarantee you, nobody in federal prison is getting out. And if you pass a federal law, the people in state prison don't have to get out. So we've got to fix this entirely. And, yes, free Richard DeLisi. He does not belong in prison, and, and, you know, we've stood behind him. We still stand behind him, and it, it's so heartbreaking when you, when you know the stories of these guys, and, and fortunately, we've had a lot get out. We've had, you know, Jeff Mazansky and, and George Martirano, Randy Lanier, and, and a bunch of others that have been released, but that doesn't, and as much as that's a, a, a wonderful, wonderful thing, it doesn't do anything for a guy like Craig Cecil, who just called in from Terre Haute, Indiana, and he's going to tell us about it a little bit. Yes. All right, Albert, I'm going to put you on hold real quick. We got okay. Craig Cecil calling. I'm going to bring you right back when he's done. Okay. Craig Cecil, how are you doing today? Good, Joe. Good, good. And I think you know we've had a pretty good week uh, criminal justice-wise. I mean, better than most weeks. Well, we we get, we get some wins, we get some losses. Um, we got a guy that that just got sentenced to 140 to 170 years for molesting incredible amounts of young girls, and I noticed that they allowed 140 or 150 um, people to step up in an impact statement during sentencing, and that's what we talk about when we're talking about a victim and a victim's family are these people, these, these impact statements. And in this case, because there was children that had been molested, which is in most people's, um, you know, morals probably one of the most heinous things that could ever happen in life, the public gathered around this and supported all this, and the court allowed for 140 to 150 people to stand up, and nobody squawked at a sentence like this. But... Most of the time you get a case like that, and we've talked about several cases, um, you know, they're getting 10, 15 years for these horrible, violent cases. Then you conversely, you get a pot case, which there are unfortunately so many of, and at sentencing, the judge will say, is there a statement from the victim or the victim's family, and nobody comes forward, and it's noted in the record, and yet they still get sentenced. So it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, but as you say, that this is one of the worst people with the 
referees ever. Yeah, I mean, for, I, I believe it went on for the better part of 20 years from a you know a high position of trust. You know, as an Olympic doc. Oh yeah, this this guy ranks up with the with the serial killers in my mind. I mean, Ted Bundy got nothing on this guy. I agree. But some of our good news actually came from California. <laughs> well, why don't you share some of that? Well, what uh, representative from California, Barbara Lee, uh, introduced the bill last week into the U.S. House of Representatives. And this bill, uh, first and foremost, calls for the descheduling of marijuana. And this is a, finally a companion bill in the House of Representatives. There's been several bills raised in the Senate, actually, for the last few years, but now we have a bill in the House of Representatives, and uh, I hope Barbara Lee can, you know, attract the right attention to, to get people behind her, because she's definitely one of your people out there for you people to raise her. One of us people. What are you, racist? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, one of us people is right. Free-thinking, rational beings. Yeah, I guess that would be one of us people. <laughs> well, I just mean a, a California person. I hear you. I hear you. If I'm right, I think she's from the middle of the state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we were just talking about another case um, of a bit of legislation coming out of Hawaii. Um, we've got a chapter coordinator that's actively working on on uh, connecting up with this, and it's another. You know, there, and prohibition is in the language of the bill, you know. So we're starting to get some um, fairly aggressive legislation that's out there now. And hopefully, you know, with more and more eyes looking at Congress and, and their lack of, of potency and their lack of ability to do the, do the right thing, I, I can't help but think that some of these congressmen got to think their lifespan's getting pretty short if they don't get out there and do the right thing. Well, that's what I hope that Representative Lee can, you know, get this thing through committee, keep some TV cameras on it, get it up for a vote. So, you know, all these congressmen have to be on the bill for, you know, they have to be on the record for the 2018 election saying that I voted yes, I voted no. I mean, that we need to put them on the record. And I think it, it's going to be overwhelmingly a, a yes, you know, deschedule marijuana. I think that that's what they representatives and uh, senators are going to see as the most appealing to their election. Well, if you start looking at the straight numbers and you start looking at the polls and the, the tendency as more and more states are coming online, I don't think a single state has repealed legislation once it's enacted it. I think once we've made the, the, the switch to even, you know, the most uh, – or even the least effective law, they still tend to not go backwards on it. Ultimately, they they tend to gain more freedoms for their constituents rather than less. Is what the is what the the tendency seems to be right now. I agree. I agree. But our other little victory of the day came uh, yesterday from the uh, governor of Vermont. He uh, pardoned 192 marijuana offenders really in a celebration of that state legalizing the possession of up to a, an ounce of marijuana. And the, the governor went back and looked at, you know, a lot of cases where people had been convicted for an ounce or less of marijuana, and just yesterday he pardoned 192 of them, and he's expected to do more. So we have some people going in the right direction. 
Well, and, you know, we can only hope that that starts to breed a momentum. As you're watching on the negative side of things, this this sort of unpeeling of the of the predatory male onion that's been going on, um, it's becoming easier for people to expose problems and easier for people to stand up and say, hey, you know, that happened to me too, um, in a way that it never used to be, the fear of reciprocity, of the fear of retaliation. Um, and, you know, I think the counterpoint to that, hopefully, is what we can hope for, is that as one judge steps up and does the right thing, you know, you had the Kettle Falls Five ruling, the first federal um, appeal that actually, you know, overturned a, a federal conviction for pot that I know of. Um, we're starting to have uh, legislators um, and, and governors uh, doing some of the right thing, pardoning these people. He didn't have to do that, and it probably wasn't his last act as a sitting governor. So he now is going to sit as governor with that in his legacy. Well, clearly he wouldn't do that if he thought it was a bad thing. So hopefully, um, you know, we're starting to get a, a trend. Well, like, like with that governor, too, and uh, I believe California did it in uh, Prop 64, is when they did loosen up the marijuana laws, they also did go back and look at people with marijuana convictions. I believe California has the way where you can file and have an old marijuana felony converted to a misdemeanor or just straight expunged. And I, I see more and more activity along those lines. The bill put in by... Uh, Representative Lee has that provision for uh, uh, federal people. People with possession of only churches, they have them expunged. And for everybody in prison on a marijuana charge to have their sentence reconsidered is at least a component of the bill she's put up. So, I mean, I, I'm happy to see that those people, through your actions and, you know, and all your listeners' actions, are People are hearing and people are realizing that there's those of us here behind the razor wire. Well, and, and as we've always said, this is all about exposing the truth. <clears throat> George Martorano was on the phone with us last week, and we he couldn't talk to you directly um, because of condition of his probation. But um, as, as he was on the show with me, part of the message was we just need to talk about this. We need to get out there and talk, and, and whether we talk to a person or, or a room full of people or a group or a radio station, it doesn't matter. We have to talk about it, and as we talk about it, the conversation will get louder and the beacon will burn brighter, and more and more people will become aware, and I just have to think that when somebody's aware, um, you know, we have Ashley DeLisi that's listening on our live feed right now, and her, her, her dad's been locked up, you know, for for almost 30 years, and he's serving a 90-year term. He's not going to get out of prison, and we've tried, and we're going to continue to try. Um, and he's gone up in front of hearings, and he had a chance just a couple years back, and, and he got shut down. He got denied. And, you know, again, it's another pot case, and it's just ridiculous. And the fact that this has is, is happened and still happening, I think as more people find out about it, they're not going to be willing to be okay with it. And it only takes that one person that knows that one person to get that one thing moving and get it going. And you know, that's how so many things happen in the world is, is you know, that, that influential person or people um, just stepping up and doing those things. Oh, I've just seen it uh, with Harvey Weinstein. It took one woman to really stand up and say, no, I'm not going to be 
swept under the rug. And, you know, I mean, it caused an explosion for so many women that have been, you know, so badly abused everywhere. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> and this is, again, a one strong person, you know, willing to stand by their convictions of conviction of right and wrong. I'm sure it would have been easier for her just to slink at home and say, you know, okay, I'm just going to, you know, endure this by myself. But, no, she stood up and made a difference for everybody. Well, we've said that so many times, and, and that's why – you know, the size of the organization doesn't matter to me. It's the quality of content of the people that are there pushing. Because in most cases, if you look back through history, it was never massive groups of people that made the big changes that needed to be made. There was always a handful of people or an individual or a couple of people that really got it going. And once the masses got involved, it was already in move, in motion. But it was always that group of small, that small group or that individual or that, that handful of people that really got it going, that, that was that primer cap. And I think that that's what we're out there doing is we're training these, you know, uh, handful of people willing to get out there and do what needs doing and, and, and you know, hopefully to inspire them and, and, and inflame them enough to get up there and do something. That's true. Now, one thing is uh... – there's been a, a slight change in the Bureau of Prisons uh, with the new director that came in last fall. Is he promised to look more at the compassionate release of uh, old and dying prisoners? And uh, I don't know if you know, but Monday of this week, um, actually a California or a prisoner that was, you know, from California, and I believe was it held in the federal prison at Victorville, California, was set free because, uh, unfortunately, he's dying of cancer. But at least they, they set him free, you know, to spend his waiting days with his friends and family. Well, you know, that was a, a thought that I've heard, and I think it was from George Martorano years back. And he said, if you were just to take the, the population of dying prisoners and just let them go, it would take a burden off of the health care system um, inside the prison that would actually make it easily possible to take care of the people that really needed it and let the families, you know, these guys – deal with it, you know, and, and as, as cold as that might be on some level, it's kind of true, you know. I mean, it doesn't really matter uh, what you did. By the time, you know, you're, you're on your last breath and you're going to die in prison or you're going to die in a bed somewhere else, you're, you're done. You've got, no, you know, your, your life's already been taken from you. So, um, you know, it was a thought, hopefully, you know, something like that, any bit of compassion um, that makes sense. You know, I mean, I'm not for letting – I wouldn't have let Charles Manson out on his deathbed. Um, but there's very few Charles Mansons that are locked up. You know, there, a lot of the people that are locked up on their deathbed are not the kind of people that are even capable of causing harm to society anymore. Well, sure, like the man that was freed on Monday has been in federal prison since, I believe, like 1988 or 89. He was serving a life sentence for marijuana. He was caught with a huge amount of uh, of hashish. <laughs> but, uh, that means a lot of people needed hashish, right? Right, but I believe he was like 83 years old. I mean, he's not a danger to society, as, as you know, many people of his age and that that are dying in prison. Why not send them home to their families? You know. Well, you know, or 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 let the victims cry out and ask for them to be left behind. You know, there wouldn't be any victims to cry out. You know, that's the whole point. I think that when it comes time to these decisions, 
you should let the victims have a say. And if there are no victims, that should speak for itself. Well, hopefully, hopefully this is a step in the right direction there. You know, this new director of the bill is going to start following those kind of rules. Well, I, I, I have your post that you sent me, and we're going to talk about it again later in the show about, about a campaign about the pepper spray. Um, and I've talked to a couple of other inmates asking for their input on it. That was your first beep. Your second beep will be shortly after. Okay, okay. But uh, which, but again, I have to thank you because I think tech, that prisoners are, are getting noticed. They're, they're getting noticed by Barbara Lee and, and her bill to the U.S. Congress. They're getting noticed by the governor of Vermont. And I, that's because of you and all the people of the Human Solution that are shining a, a light on us behind the, the razor wire. Those of us behind the razor wire aren't all rapists and uh, you know murderers and all that. There's people in here like me just for simple marijuana charges, and I think you're going to make a difference for us. You're, you're... Well, there he goes. Once again, Craig Cecil, unable to finish his thought while he's languishing behind bars in one of the worst uh, institutions in America. Um, you know, I said before, even if I didn't have anything to talk about, even if I didn't have anybody that wanted to talk, I would keep this show going. So Craig Cecil had a voice, because Craig's a personal friend of mine, on top of the fact that he certainly doesn't belong in prison, on top of the fact that he represents a huge group of people that certainly don't belong in prison. If I can give one voice to one person, it's worth making the show happen. So that's where we're at. Okay, we're going to wrap up with Albert, and then we got George Martirano. Um, he is going to be featured every week now, right after Craig comes on. He's going to do a 15-minute spot, and uh, for those of you who caught last week's show, uh, George Martirano served 32 years in federal prison for pot. And if you've ever known anybody who spent any time behind bars, even weeks, months, years, can't imagine, you know, more than half a century, uh, or close to half a century, I should say, that didn't come out horribly misshapen and angry and, and, and broken in a harmful way. George kept it together, and he was able to keep it together so much so that he's been the opposite of what you would expect. And he has a mental uh, clarity and an understanding of, of, of how to keep yourself together, and he shares that with people that need it. Um, and that's simplifying it in a profound way. Um, so we're going to give Albert last chance to close out his thoughts, and then we're going to go on to George right away. All right, Albert, uh, let's go ahead and, and wrap it up and uh, let us know one last time um, this case that you got coming up, the date, the location, and hopefully it is on our calendar. I know we've had some issues with our calendar, but hopefully that's all been corrected. Yes, I think uh, Becca got it up there. I did send her the information. It's uh, January 30th, and we're asking everyone to show up by 9.20 a.m. That's at the Hilo Courthouse. The address is 777 Kilauea Avenue. Most of the folks here know where that is. So, um, And if anyone needs further information, I can be reached at 808-731-6477.
All right. Well, thank you so much, Albert, once again. Um, if you're in Hawaii and you want to get more involved, um, check with Albert Thomas. He is chapter coordinator for our new Big Island chapter and uh, excited to have him be there and excited to watch um, the, the Human Solution family grow across the pond um, just a bit. So, Albert, thank you so much for being a part of this, and we will talk to you soon, probably tomorrow. All right, we got George Martirano now. The first episode of a weekly feature is going to do a 15-minute uh, uh, segment. And, George, always a pleasure to have you aboard. It was a pleasure to spend a few days with you. And, um, boy, uh, you got just a, a wealth of, of stories and, and things to talk about. So I'm just going to turn it over to you. Hello? Yeah, can you hear me, George? Yay, Joe, how are you? How's my how's my uh, West Coast family? Uh, doing fantastic. Probably a lot warmer than you. <laughs> yeah, it got cold, but you know me. You got to roll. You got to roll with it. Absolutely. I, I have no doubt you're out there running at, uh, at, at first light. Yeah, well, uh, I listened to the show somewhat with uh, Craig, and you know, I'm very sympathetic, but you know, people got to understand the reality uh, of, uh, of prison and the people that are ill, uh, especially with the medical. You know, we have uh, the biggest uh, pris- the biggest budget for uh, individual federal prisons are the medical facilities. If your budget is uh, $10 million a year in a regular prison, it's $100 million a year at the medical because of all, all that's involved, all the ill people, all the doctors and all the you know, the uh, the process of taking care of all these people. But, you know, you can't get the media in these places. It's very, very, it's almost impossible anymore. Even a person like Oprah can't get in because they don't want the, the public to know what's going on. Now, the Bureau, like I said last week on the show, uh, the Bureau of Prison callous of the people, the evil people, if they, uh, they, they dot the Frankensteins, no, no. They just, they just have to, because they're, they're all they're they're not appointed, okay, they're hired. So, you know, they they do what they can to keep their, their positions, to keep their jobs, because they have families to build. But I seen I, I I was housed in medical facilities. I was housed in lockdown lockdown part of medical facilities like Springfield, Illinois. Uh where 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 even though you were very ill, if your sentence required like mine, I had life no parole with maximum security you were still housed, even though you were ill, you were still housed in a lockdown section of the prison. They were hospital rooms, but you were locked in. And I seen verbatim, I seen wardens go around when these guys didn't have long to live, okay? When they were diagnosed, when they had six months, three months, I seen the warden go around and said that I will give you compassionate release, okay? I, I witnessed numerous times where the inmate says no. I have nowhere to go. I have right. nowhere to go. I have no medical. Okay? My sister, my sister, my mother, my wife, they're living on a fixed income. So if I go out there terminal, okay, and I go to the hospital, they have to sign me in. And they'll lose what they have. They'll lose their homes. Because if you get signed, and you go to the hospital, someone has to sign for you. Okay? Especially if you're, 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 you're unconscious or you can't function mentally. Okay, someone has to sign for you. So you sign your name 
to uh, uh, to a hospital report, okay, that means the liens go against your home. The liens go against your home. So these federal prisoners throughout the years, they're not stupid, okay? They might not be high school graduates. They might not be college graduates, but not stupid. And I see numerous times the federal prisoner says, no, Warden, I don't want to go. Where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? They're in a hospital room, okay? They get their meals. They get all their medical help, okay? And uh, they don't go. I've seen that more than once. So the public doesn't really un- don't really understand the gist of it, what's going on. And the only way you can, you got to get me uh, to go into these places as a journalist, which I'm going to do someday, and let the public really understand, really understand what's going on. Numerous, numerous prisons. Uh, that's the medical. The medical, the warden goes around, physically goes around and says, you want to crash and release. And the, and the prisoner says, no, where am I going to go? I can't walk. I can't function. My family doesn't, can't take care of me. I'm not going to make them lose their property when they sign me in the hospital. So there, there's a reality that America has to see, has to understand, which I do. Now, let me talk a little further. You know, every every prisoner wants to get out. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I wanted to get out, but you have to you have to learn not to focus on yourself. And the only way I got community connections, the only way I got the courts, the prosecutors, the FBI, the DEA to understand. Well, you know, we we punished him enough. Is that I didn't focus on myself. I didn't focus on myself for damn near 15 years. Fifteen years, I didn't pay attention to myself. All I did was help others and program. And when I did so, so much of that in a great volume, in numerous volumes, finally they said, you know what? What's the sense of keeping them in anymore? So a lot of times, it's all human nature, Joe. It's all human nature. It's all your personal philosophy dealing with the philosophies of numerous others. So that's, that's the sad part. It's a, it's a chess game. It's a chess game of the minds and compassion and uh, it takes a long time to turn it around. Wow. Well, you know, it's funny, George. Um, you know, people, when they get locked up or even when they go to court and they witness what happens in court, they walk out of there so many times with their, with their jaws dropping on the floor, and they can't believe what they saw. And they, they had a, a preconceived idea of how our justice system works. And the truth is, like you said, it's run by people, and... Cases where people did exceptional things, many times because of community support. But I've also seen people do cruel things. I've witnessed sentences go double what the mandatory minimum was because the judge just had a mean streak in him. Maybe he didn't get laid that morning or, or whatever it was, but he took it out on the defendant, and, and it was a personal thing. Um, well, there's nothing fair about any of this. Um, I, t- and, and we I totally to- agree. Exactly. Hello. But we still got I totally agree that doing that. Everyone's human. Everyone has their faults uh, and, and, and factors that are good and, and factors that are evil. Everyone has that. But the only thing you can do, like I had to do, is stay alive. You stay alive and you keep going. Now it's difficult. It's difficult because I always say this, and um, I said this last week, and I'll say it again. You know, people are very in awe of me. They're very intrigued. They're very impressed. The ladies and gentlemen listening to the show understand better men than me have died in prison, including women. So it's not all about me, okay? But what we have to do is have an understanding. We have understanding. If we can 
like, you know, it's funny. These state prisons, okay, the cameras get in there. Cameras get in there, and they show, which all because they actually pay, pay the warden, because they're always hurting for money, these state prisons. They pay the warden to come in, okay? But the feds will not allow it, will not let the media, will not let the cameras in. I think if we ever can get that point, we can show the people, I think change will come quickly. Change will come quickly. So I can't agree we just have to keep going. We've got to keep talking. We've got to keep sharing these stories. You know, um, I, along with your segment, I'm going to be um, adding some letters that are coming from some of the inmates that I'm in contact with as a regular feature because I think that if people don't, don't listen, don't know what's going on inside, it, it's easy to just go on about your way and, and not realize the injustices that are happening all around you. Yeah. Well, you got to just keep punching away. I'm, I'm putting together a show right now at a major theater in Philly, and uh, on stage I'll, I'll deliver a lot of, a lot of factor points, uh, try to change a lot of people uh, to join what we're doing. You know, uh, I mean, who? first of all, I'm supposed to die in. Absolutely. I was the first person in America that was supposed to die in for marijuana. But here I am in, uh, talking to you. I'm walking, walking in yeah. uh, a nice neighborhood. And uh, I'm relaying what I, uh, to yourself. So you just, you just, you keep going, you keep going, and and, and it's difficult. And you know what happens? Sad to say, you know, you're in a long time, and your your friends get old. Okay, they get old. Your family gets old, and they get old. And actually, uh, I I actually didn't involve my family with my case. Or or anything in my incarceration. All I told them was, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Because they, they actually, uh, the family does uh, just as much. They're doing time right along with you. They're doing time right along with your wife, your children. You know, I, ladies and gentlemen, I lost a son while I was away. 25 years old, and uh, he got uh, killed in a motorcycle accident. Uh very handsome boy, very good boy, very well-loved. But, you know, I, I blame myself. I blame myself. I say, you know, if I could have been home, he could have been alive. So even though I'm free, uh, you know, I have his picture in my room. I have his picture in the, when I walk out the front door. Someday you'll come to my home, Joe, you'll see. Uh, you know, it never stops. The herd never stops. Prison, just because you're out, prison leaves Leaves a scar, a very wide scar. It's like uh, from shore to shore between uh, the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean. You know, you, you're never going to race those cars. And uh, all you can do is, 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 like out here, like I get annoyed There's when guys come home and they don't do the right thing, when they have a, a chance to do the right thing and speak about the right thing, and then they screw up. That annoys me immensely. I know I came out with the a lot of people know I came out with a shirt on my back. And I didn't go back to doing things, especially uh, in a violent nature. So, you know, you have to stay the course. You have to stay the course for yourself. You have to stay the course for others. So, well, you know, George, you, you, you mentioned a, a superly important point, And uh, we have, listening to the show, families of several prisoners um, on a regular basis. And we have a mother... Of a, of a prisoner, we have a daughter of a prisoner, we have a brother of a prisoner, and they listen to the show, and when they hear this stuff, I, I think they, I mean, it, it, it brings up emotion, because it's so true, and people don't know about it. Of 
that we've worked with and helped and tried to help. And, um, you know, you watch the, the families struggle and suffer, and so many times in vain, you know, and they feel like nobody can help. They get angry. They they, they get frustrated. They, get, they give up. And, I mean, in the short period of time I was locked up, I watched the anguish my family went through. And that was more of a more of a, a, a of a that hurt me worse than anything that happened inside. It, listening to my wife feeling helpless, and you know they come at you from gangster ways. You know they they know that they know they're hurting everybody, and it's just it's just the way of it. Well, so you know we well, gotta man, be strong. Man, we're always together. Yeah. Hello, Joe. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. It's it's hard when no. I can't see, when no. I can't look at you and, and talk. Yeah, no, we're good. You're still here. Well, anyway, man, we're always cage man. That's been that's been down through the centuries. But you have to stay focused. And the worst thing you can do is hate. That's the worst thing. You can't hate because hate clouds your vision, and you won't get any people. If I get on stage and talk about hate, uh, who's gonna who's gonna eventually listen to me? So you just have to you have to understand that this whole thing is a big picture, and uh, thanks for that. Uh, your, your human solution—that's <laughs> what we need. We need we need human solution, and not in every city. We need it on every corner in every city, and that's well, what makes the difference. Thing, George, it's so important that whatever banner you want to carry, you can be part of the solution wherever you are. You don't have to carry anybody's banner. The, the point is is Care about something a little more than yourself and, and recognize right and wrong in the world. Don't be afraid to say something about it because that's, that's the thing that matters the most. As much as I champion our organization, well, I you champion have, you the big give, you, you have to give up yourself. I'm right now, I, I'm at a restaurant, very prestigious restaurant. I left the dinner table with some prominent people and, uh, and lawyers and et cetera, and I'm out here, I'm out here doing the show. So, you know, and it's cold. It's cold. I'm out here. So, you, ladies and gentlemen, always, we're not we're not trying to say uh, you have to give 100 percent entirely of your life. You just want to give a little bit of your life, a little of your That's life. To speak and talk, and you know when you go shopping tomorrow, and when you go to your appointments, anything, just talk, just talk, talk to one person, talk to two. That's all we want. And then, and then, so then important. it's always word of mouth is always the greatest marketing tool. Always was and always will be, Joe. I, I couldn't agree more, George, and I, I'm so grateful that you're uh, going to be a regular here on the show. And, and um, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put up on, the, on one of the pages, um, you know, a place for, for people to put in requests. You have a, such a, a wealth of stories and topics to talk on. Um, I, I will allow people to, uh, you know, put up their their requests, and I'll send them over to you, and you can you can uh, do things as you see fit. You could probably speak on any subject I was to throw at you. Okay. All right. So, uh, All right, George. Good. I'll see you so much. We're good for now. I'll see you next week. I miss everybody. All right, George. We'll talk to you soon next tell my, week. Tell my, tell my, uh, my hamlock old friends I miss them all. I absolutely <laughs> will. They're listening right now. All right, so. bro. Take Take care. I'll talk to you soon. All right, All right. Thank you. Right. Once again, George Martirano, um, you know, he's calling from the East Coast. He, he left a, uh, a dinner with some amazing people to go out on the street corner and uh, talk to us for a minute. So 
you know, that's what it's all about, folks. It's all about looking beyond yourself, looking beyond your problems, looking beyond whatever it is that holds you back from being all you can be and doing all you can do. Uh, we got a special guest today. We have Mindy from Washington, and she's got an announcement about uh, one of our one of the prisoners that we've been supporting and and some work that he's doing. And uh, we'll just turn it over to you, Mindy from Washington. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Joe. Oh, anytime. It's good to hear your voice. Why don't you tell us what's going on? Well, um, I'm calling on behalf of Michael Peltier. Uh, he's, um, he's a 62-year-old lifer. Um, he's in Terre Haute, uh, close to Craig, but not in the same facility. And um, he he, uh, he has been doing art in prison, and he's been doing it for quite a while. But recently, he's upgraded to a website. And he's really hoping that um, all the people out there that are listening in your world will check out his website. It is www.michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Peltier, P-E-L-L-E-T-I-E-R, art, A-R-T dot com. Um, and uh, he's got a variety of things up on the website. He's always going to be sending out more there's also going to be updates about him and his um, plight. The purpose is, the biggest purpose is that, you know, the more that he's able to sell his art, the more art he's able to do inside. And doing art inside gives him a purpose beyond, I mean, there is no purpose for being in prison for weed. So um, what a great way to help support somebody while they're in there and help him get some legal fees and you get to have a beautiful piece of his art on your wall. Um, so I just really wanted to encourage everybody to get out there and check him out, learn about him. Do you have, uh, do you have some idea of, about how much these pieces are going for? Right now we have them. We have a couple for 200 and um, a few others for 250. But we are gonna. We're working on some ideas about getting some smaller prints, maybe some. Um, uh, like greeting cards, maybe the kind that prisons will accept. You know, I'm kind of out of touch as far as the Internet goes. I live on a mountain out in the middle of nowhere now. But I understand the BOP has changed their rules about what can be sent in. So we're hoping to maybe tailor it so people who are already writing to prisoners might want to use his cards. Um, So we're going to be expanding it to make it available for all different types of price ranges. But the paintings as they sit right now, it's um, it's a lot of effort to get one of those paintings, um, the supplies purchased, the time that it takes for him to be able to be in the art room, which is limited. Then shipping it out of prison is incredibly difficult. And then you have our beautiful Dee Dee Kirkwood on the other side receiving these. The shipping costs between him, Dee Dee, and then from Dee Dee to you, are all covered by donation. So there is no shipping cost to you. Um, and it's uh, it's more than worth um, the price for one of his paintings. Excellent. Well, I know that um, you're in touch with Becca, possibly if you guys would want to put together a press release talking about this, we could get that out on our 
press circuit and let people know about it. We could put a link to that site on our site. Um, you know, we can do anything we can to bring attention to it. I'm certainly going to encourage anybody. You know, as much as we talk about the importance of sending letters to prisoners, um, you know, they're the ones stuck inside there, uh, and if they don't have family putting money on their books, it doesn't happen on their own. And Michael's in a wheelchair, so he's probably not going off to work too much like some of the inmates are able to earn some money. Um, I, I know that he's he's certainly not in a situation where he's got extra money sitting around. So this is a great way that right. anybody can he but, does work, by the way, just so people know, he does work in the art room to help with some of the supplies. You know, that's kind of the trade-off, and that is the job that he has uh, in there. And I also wanted to point out, this is really important to me, his birthday is next, it's a week from today, January 31st. And so um, if if anybody's out there and they do the birthday list and he's not on your list um, or you feel like starting it now, um, this is a good one. He, you know, a life sentence for cannabis, no matter what the amount was, um, is, is just too much time. And, um, anything that we can do to help him to ease his, his suffering really, I, that is, I, and I'd like to encourage if there's any dispensary owners out there who want to take a look at his art. Or if there's any listeners who have a topic or a picture they would want painted, I know that he takes um, he takes requests. That's perfect. Uh, do you have a link on this site for people to um, communicate with Michael um, as far as, you know, if they didn't have his, his number or a way to, uh, uh, to get with him? Yes, his address is on the, the website and his story and some more details about him. And if you're struggling with finding his website, also, um, if you just um, go to Facebook and type in Prison Art um, and his last name, Pelletier, you'll find his Facebook page, which will show you where the link is to the website, and it'll get you around. And honestly, there's a lot of um, websites out there that have different variety of different um, art that he's done over the years that has already gone to homes um, and he also wanted me to make sure to thank people like The Human Solution and Can Do and Freedom Grow and Normal and Beth Curtis and especially D.D. Kirkwood. Um, but he named all of those people very specifically um, for all the support over the years and any further support. Fantastic. All right, Mindy, well, why don't you give us one more time that website? And um, like I said, if you wish... Uh, to work with Becca and get a, an article or a press release, I'm more than glad to uh, help get it throughout our, our circle. Yeah, I'll definitely talk to her about it. I think um, I, I get to go visit with her. Not that this has anything to do with anything, but I do love uh, the Human Solutions, Becca, and I get to see her, and it's been a while. So if you're listening out there, I can't wait to see you in two days, Becca. Um, but the website is www michael pelletier art.com and that's m-i-c-h-a-e-l p as in paul e-l-l-e-t-i-e-r a-r-t dot com excellent well thank you so much any uh any parting shots nope that's it just thank you so much for having me on and oh and and following up uh behind george it was great to hear george and um and uh, enjoy the rest of your show, and thanks again.
Beautiful. Thank you so much. Once again, Mindy from Washington and Michael Pelletier's new website, and uh, we certainly encourage everybody to jump on there, take a look, and let's buy him out so he can put some more art up there and we can buy that out. And ultimately, um, the right thing will happen and he'll get his butt out of there. Okay, so let's see. We've got 47 minutes of show left and still a bunch of people. We've got Vicki Anderson from the Cannabis Patients Wall. And uh, we've spoken about this group, um, you know, with our coalition. And we've spoken, many people have, have brought her name up and said, you know, you got to have Vicki on the show. you got to have Vicki on the show. And, you know, if anybody who's worked with me or, or, or this organization or this show, um, one of the hardest things to do is to get other groups to participate and to be engaged in an activity. Everybody seems to be so into you got to do it this way, you got to do my my thing, you got to do my group, my show, my this, my that. And the truth is it doesn't matter what group you're with, it doesn't matter what show you're on, be on all the shows, be part of all the groups. Um, let's end this. Let's work together and end this. You think everybody in the government likes each other? You think every cop likes each other? You think every judge likes each other? You think every prosecutor likes every judge? Or every judge likes every prosecutor? No. No, they don't. But they're just doing their job. And we're fighting for our freedom. You would think we'd have more more uh, uh, quality of character. Maybe we do. Let's find out. Vicki Anderson, a pleasure to talk to you, and welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I've been listening in, and I agree with everything you've been saying. Holy cow, you're the very first person. I like you. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about the Cannabis Patients Wall. Okay. Well, we have a lot going on. We we have a support group. The the idea originally started in Tennessee. Dana Arvidson wanted to um, show how many people in her state suffered. She wanted to do a wall, a visual display to put up um, at her local government so that she could show, you know, she wanted to impact the congressmen and all the legislators. So she did that. um, But then everybody started wanting to join her online. She went online with it on Facebook and was gathering people all over Tennessee. Well, then everybody all over the United States wanted to join her, and then everybody all over other parts of the world wanted to join her. And now we've got patients um, that register from all over, like 50 countries now. And we have a virtual wall where we keep track of all of those. And we've been doing that for like three years now, but it got so frustrating after a while, we we tried to sue. We tried for a couple of years to get a lawyer to take our case. We had hundreds of people that wanted to join our suit, of course. Couldn't get that going. Nobody would take it. It was too many people, too many places. So that kind of burnt us out for a little while. But we're still gathering names, and we're still going along and trying to – we want to sue to get prohibition repealed. They're – Oh, they, got it. They're I'm, I'm with violating our human rights. I, I'm right there. Obviously, right you, there right there. You, you get what I'm saying? Um, oh, yeah. I want to hold them accountable. 
I want I want to be able to stand up and say, uh, you know, you know, you're what are you doing? Why have why have you done this for ever since you've made it illegal? We all the activists know we've done the research. We know, and it makes you so crazy when you realize how it happened, why it happened, how it's continuing, why it's continuing. And when you see the patients and you see firsthand in support group what's happening in their personal lives as they fight for um, the ability to treat their children. And like you said, some people won't break the law. Some people will like, you know what, I got to do what I got to do. I can't move, and they'll do what they got to do, but they struggle, you know, and then they don't have quality medicine. They don't know who to talk to. Um, so we have a support group that just kind of came out of um, trying to gather the names. We got I created a form, so that started gathering the names, so we could focus on patient support in in the Facebook group. And then that wasn't enough because to keep the stream clean, so we created a general information page where we could share all the information that we were people were generating and we were generating, but we didn't want to put it in the group because then if someone comes on and says, I need a prayer, I need people to answer my questions, they can't get seen because there's all this other stuff. So then we had the other group or the the regular page where we share everything. But um, lately, well, it's been about a few weeks ago, I just had an epiphany. I'm just like, Everybody shares about jury nullification and how amazing it is and would be if we could actually. I'm like, we need to kick that in gear. We need to, like, take that to the next level. And so I got up in the middle of the night, and I wrote down everything I want. I I wanted to start a patient protection program because we have, like, over, like, 22,000 people in our support group. You know, and plus we reach like this week we've reached sixty thousand people on Facebook on our general information page. So I'm really want to hit. I've gone and gathered up all of anything I can find. All well, not anything I can find. There's too much, but all the best information I can find about jury nullification. Simple videos that people can watch so they can really understand what it is what it empowers them to do. You know what I'm saying? I got the the Fija stuff on there so they can print the brochures, go and hand them out, do whatever, you know. We just got to kick it in gear because if 80-something percent or 70 to 80 percent of Americans feel cannabis should be legalized, why are we still prosecuting cannabis? Well, you know, it's funny that you said why because we're working. I've been working with Dolores Talbin and some of the other – activists that are just sort of beginning to come together on this. I'm sure she mentioned this to you, but if not, I will mention it to you. Uh, we came up with a couple of weeks ago a concept that we call hashtag how come. And the idea of Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. I actually did some is, and shared a bunch of them. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the idea is people are getting used to these catchphrases that, that get your attention. And we're mm-hmm. we're talking about putting together resources to get billboards, to get, you know, ad time, to get, um, you know, PSA time, whatever we can do to get this message out. How come these things are happening? How come jurors don't get to know about their right to nullify a bad law? How come we're spending 
all this tax money locking people up? How come a sick person has to die rather than break the law if they aren't Absolutely. willing to break the law? How come? <laughs> mm-hmm. While you guys were doing the how come hashtag the same day, I was offline putting together all of my patient protection program. And then you guys were going, how come, how come? I'm like, I know, that's what I've been saying. <laughs> well, that, that was our thought, was that if we can get, you know, there's so many amazing people and amazing groups that are out there mm-hmm. that if we could just get enough of them and enough of the people and enough of the, you know, unfortunately, activists tend to be focused on what they're doing. And it's hard to get them to focus on anything else than what they're doing. And, oh, you know, we we're shared how come. We're still sharing how come. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's great that we're, I think something like this is simple enough that everybody can participate in it. Everybody can add one. Everybody can, mm-hmm. you know, share these ideas. We can develop this. You guys need a, a form somewhere when people are adding them. They need to be getting gathered up somewhere. I think that's what we're in the process of figuring out. The way Do a Google the form. Yeah, a Google, Google form. We'll put them all in a spreadsheet, and you can use that information however you want. Well, I will. You can I will take that and bring it to tomorrow's meeting. How do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, um, if you need help, any information on that, we don't want to take other time. But yeah, you can embed that into your uh, web page with the form and the um, the. How come answers right next to it, and it'll automatically update all by itself. And can multiple sites embed the same form? Uh, yeah. So that means we could have other groups, have all the groups share the same form, and then share the same outcome. So it could be I a do universal believe. Thing. Google Tools. Yep. Mhm. I love it. Well, we'll figure that one out tomorrow for sure. So tell me, Victor, yeah. what's obviously you and I have the same end game. Um, let's end prohibition yes, entirely not going to be one mm-hmm. law that allows six plants or 12 ounces or any bullshit like that. It's going to, you got to let right. the people have their plan. That's the only way this is going to really end. You got to stop locking people up for this and you got to unlock mm-hmm. everybody that's been locked up. So that's, Absolutely. that's the key. To it. And I got to applaud Absolutely. you for gathering as many people as you have. Now the question is, how do we mobilize all the people that you gathered to, to, to commit to doing an action? What's your thoughts on that? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> Although, you know, I, I got to admit, I got to admit when I have gone out personally, you know, when the, when an old lady in a wheelchair gets out there and then she shames you into like, come on, kids, somebody's going right, to come right. out and help you. <laughs> well, I think but a lot of times. For me, it's hard to get out there. Right. No, I hear you. I think a lot of times it's sharing momentum. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of times if, if if we as leaders of, of groups would spend more time talking amongst ourselves and sharing the the common momentum and say, look, we had somebody over there that did this, and then you talk about what the other group did over there and uh, talk about what the other one did oh, over I here. And this, it starts to create a collective motion, and I think that people start seeing it for what it actually is as the people moving together um, as, as one rather than all these little pieces kind of scurrying around, bumping into each other. Absolutely. We've been trying for the past couple of years to share. Well, ever since we started the general information page, um, we share everybody's stuff. Um, I mean, 
I love the Kansas gals. They've been kicking ass down there for years. They still work so hard every day. I share them every time I see them. Um, you know, there's just so many hardworking people that have been at it all the time. And if I see them, damn straight, I'm going to be sharing them. And not only am I going to share them, I'm going to share them with like 40 different groups or pages or whatever I admin, you know, because we have to uplift each other and we have to um, listen to each other's points of view because this is a big thing we're trying to do. And it takes, um, it takes a lot of people and it takes a lot of different ideas. And even if you do have a great idea, it takes a lot of people to help that idea come to fruition. So that's the main thing we have to seriously, you know, so when you, you know, when you get on, like I did now, I mentioned, you know, Bleeding Kansas, because they are amazing. They work hard and, and the, you know, it just breaks your heart because of the kids. You love it when you see like uh, Wendy Turner and you see Colton, he's doing so great. And, and it, I just, it makes my heart swell every time I see him to be so, to see how I'm, it just makes me proud to see how far he's come and the amazing things he does. Um, you know, all these people are our are, are patients on the wall. They all got their name on our virtual wall, and we're working on a way to try to make that more attractive. But but we're so busy doing everything else. It's, you know, do I sit around and try to make the website pretty, or do I try to actually make change? <laughs> I think we all have a, a common ailment of, of only so yeah. much time we can volunteer. I'm right there. Well, I, I'm so right. very appreciative of the work you're doing, and I want to um, pledge our support in any way that we can as an organization. I think as more organizations lock arms together and say, look, I'm with them. Whatever they're doing, count me in. Help me to help you. Oh, I'm you. with you too, and man. I've just been learning more the last few days. I mean, I've seen your stuff, and I've always shared human solution stuff all, for years. But I didn't really, to be honest, like you said, I was busy. I volunteered for the wall, and that's what I was doing. And so I'm just as guilty as everyone else. I didn't, you know, I just thought, oh, that's awesome what they're doing. And then I went on about my thing, and I share it, share it. But I didn't really go on your site, and you know what I'm saying, and didn't do the in-depth checking that I did recently. I found something, um, the printables on there for fully informed jury association right. found them on oh. your site and i was like oh this is crazy then i started going through some of your stuff because i was looking for jury nullification stuff and i found you and then when i found out that you wanted us uh, wanted us to come on i'm like oh heck yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and, and it's not that i just want you to come on today i i want this show to be a, a beacon to any advocate in any group that has something important to say the whole point of this is that if we make this a beacon It'll be a beacon. If enough people share it, all right, I'm watching our reach almost double every week because of the people we're connecting to. Now George Martorano is going to be doing a, a weekly segment, and there's going to be people that are tuned in just to hear what George has to say. Craig Cecil's been doing a weekly segment for almost three years, and, and now we're right. opening it up more and more to different leaders and different different people that uh, we've always opened it up to defendants and and. and their advocates so that we can talk about current cases and, and whatnot. But I really think Absolutely. that um, opening it up to uh, uh, advocates and leaders of organizations 
uh, to give you a place to, to reach a different audience anytime you like. I'm just making that awesome. available to you. Yeah. Can we embed, embed your Facebook in ours, or how does that work? Can we cross-promote? You know what? I'm going to send you a message. Um, on, I'm, I'm going to send you a messenger message or have um, Becca or Mary send you a connection to our conference okay. call tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock Pacific okay. time. And if you could join us for this call, we can figure out how to embed each other's stuff so that we can be connected. I know there's a way to do it. I'm just not the guy that knows how. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. But, yeah, uh, we'll call in. We'll get the contact for tomorrow morning's call. And I'd love to have you join us, and we can we can figure out how to connect our dots better. I think the more united we are as a front entirely, not only do we attract more people generally, but our, our mm-hmm. message gets more heard by more people, and I think ultimately we become more effective. It just strengthens us. We, yes. You know, there are so many people that agree, but everybody's in their own little pocket, and that's that's just not efficient. Nope, it's not. It's like the, you got a, a, a spray hose, and if you put it on your little micro sprinkler and it sprays a little bit of water all over the place, you get a lot of things a little bit wet. But if you take that right. same water pressure and you dial it into a, a, a single tip, you can knock a hole through a mountain. You know, you can, right. you can, you can, you can put a fire out. You can do whatever you need to right. with it. I think that, well, I that's think, what I seriously doing. think, because I have racked my brain, for ever since I got into this, I joined the wall. It's been three years ago now. I moved to California about four years ago, had legal access, but moved back to Idaho because of personal reasons. Hated Idaho after that because it was okay, horrible. Okay, I'm Just, sorry. I don't know anybody that moved back to Idaho on purpose. I, my head family, my babies were there. But anyway, oh, got that's it. another whole thing. Yep. Right. Grandbabies, 10 grand. Anyway. But I'm back in California. We do, because I can't can't live there. It's too cold. Where in Cali are you? I'm in Olivehurst. Okay, we were just up that way a couple of days ago. We were up in the Sonoma County uh, uh, area. I think that's kind of near you. Aren't you up there near the Bay Area? Um, I'm closer to Sacramento. Okay, got it. Well, we flew into Sacramento, drove up up to... uh, Oroville, and then across over to Sonoma. So we uh, yeah, it's really pretty we, up we, Oroville. I'm about an hour from there, I think. Hour. So uh, we but nearly yeah. crossed paths last weekend. Close enough. But we will definitely have to cross paths the next time I'm up that way. And I just again really want to commit uh, our staff and our team to this joint mission that we are both on. Um, to, to help out any way we can. And I, I again, well, I think I, jury I notification you. is our only other option to really start doing something in, unless we can sue federally. I don't know how well, we can do that. I've asked lawyers. I don't know what. Well, we need two things, though. We need, we need jurors, but we also need Absolutely. the people that get charged to stand up and fight their cases. And I think that if Absolutely. we can raise, up, raise those people up as heroes, Rather than having them be scared into, you know, taking that plea deal that 97% plus do, um, I think well, that the first we, time you don't know. I know. I know. I got, Trust me. The first time, okay, <laughs> I had one charge in my whole life, okay? I'm going to come clean. I'm like 56 now. But when I was 40, <laughs> in my younger days, 
I got busted for misdemeanor marijuana charge. Got okay. it. Okay. So um, I'm like – Mother to t- I got my kids are in high school. I volunteer at the local food bank regularly. I'm like the main person over a co-op of all these other ladies. I was doing the whole, you know, volunteer, the whole different kind of volunteering back then. So I was like mortified. I'm like, oh my god, my name's going to be in the paper. All my friends are, oh good God Almighty. I took a plea bargain so fast. I had no idea. You right. know what I'm saying? You That's have to you do. have to enlighten people that they might have support. They right. looked at me and what said, if, you might go to prison for two years. I'm like, oh, good God almighty, I got teenagers. <laughs> right, but what if somebody came to you, handed you a card, and said, hey, call us first? Maybe you would have called. Amen. Maybe you would have thought and found out. Maybe you would have stood tall, and maybe it would have been a different outcome. And at the end of the day, had luckily, I Had I known, had I known then what I know now, would have been another subject. Exactly. In fact, I was in Idaho. Before I left Idaho, let me tell you a story real quick. Before I left Idaho, I was doing a lot of research on jury nullification and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. So a friend of my sister's, I was telling my sister about this. You know, I was like, don't ever take the plea bargain, rah, 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 rah. The government does not want – the state of Idaho does not want to prosecute you because they have to pay for it. Federal government's not going to reimburse them right now, and the state of Idaho is not going to pay to process you for cannabis. So I was telling her about it, don't ever – you know, rah, rah, preaching out the storm. So a friend of hers gets busted for – I think he had like a pound, okay? So – Oh, my um, God, a pound of marijuana. You must be a criminal. Oh, my God, in Idaho, <laughs> God Almighty. So, yeah. So he, so I, so my sister told him, she's like, don't don't take the plea bargain, you know. They don't want to prosecute you, you know. So he's like, okay. So I, I gave her all of the um, – I can't remember the case number or whatever I had researched at the time. So I gave her all the information, the, num- the look it up, everything. So I said, it's your human right, it's your religious right, blah, blah, blah. So he goes up there and he tells his lawyer, and the lawyer's like, what? Who told you this? And he's like, well, I know people. (laughs) They dropped everything. They weren't going to prosecute him. As soon as he said, no, I want a jury trial, they're like, eh, wait a minute. (laughs) Never mind, yeah. And that's again. Yeah, forget it. We don't want to spend the money. Yeah. I think that. As we're all becoming more aware of each other and our willingness mm-hmm. to work together as a team, I think that that can help us refine our message and our messaging skills so that we can all be more effective together using a united front. And whether it's how come or any other thing, you know, it doesn't matter. Let's get our message together. Let's all speak with the same voice. Well, Let's I think we combine them. Yeah. I say we combine yeah. them. We say, how come this is still happening? When we have the power to nullify. Right there. I'm right come, there with you. Well, how come we're not nullifying? You know, that's the big question. After, you know, we have how come all this is helping? How come we're not doing something about it? This is what you do. Well, then the next question is going to be how come Vicki Anderson isn't on our call at 9 o'clock on Thursday morning? The answer is she is. She's going to be. <laughs> she will be tomorrow. Exactly. All right, Vicky. Well, we are running a little light on time. I am going right. to I'm going to offer 
you a seat at the table anytime you see fit. If you got something to say, let me know. You you have a a, a segment anytime Remember. you need it on this show. Yep. Okay. All right. Everybody, go to wait www.ndpwall. Say that one more time. Sometimes people don't hear the first time. N C P W A L L. Click the patient protection program button at the top. It's a big icon. You can't miss it. You'll get all the new jury nullification, all the some really good DEA uh, tips to stay away from the DEA, all that good stuff. Protect Wonderful. yourself. Well, hopefully tonight and tomorrow you'll get a whole bunch of new signs on, and uh, we'll we'll see where we go from there. All right. Once Sounds again, great. Vicky we'll talk Anderson. to you in the morning. I look forward to it. We'll uh, we'll get that information to you tonight. All righty. God bless. All right. Once again, Vicki Anderson from the Cannabis Patients Wall and um, an ally with the Human Solution, and we will be working together to explain how come. And that's coming up. It's happening as we speak. So we got a whole bunch of people that have called in. i got 22 minutes to get them all in. So we're going to quick do a heads up and a thank you for the Coffee Party and the Coffee Party Radio Network for giving this place, uh, this show, a place to be. I thank um, everybody for putting up with me and my blathering and, and uh, thank all of the guests for coming on and making the show interesting. If you'd like to join the show, all you have to do is pick up your phone and call 646-929-2495. If you're watching the live feed, um, whether it is from Lisa Wooldridge's feed or mine, please share it. Share it with somebody that you like. Share it with somebody that you don't like. Share it with the group. Uh, the more we can get these uh, these words to be heard, the more power the show has, the more power we have, all of us as individuals and the groups that we represent and the inmates that we advocate for. It brings us all together. It makes our whole message stronger. All right, we have a bunch of guests now. We got non-compliant Mary's got something to say. We're going to bring her up for sure. Um, we're going to bring up uh, Glenn Keeling. We got Bob and Colleen, and then of course we got Tom Corby with the NorCal report. So we're going to start. I guess we'll go in that order. We got uh, non-compliant Mary. Now I had the great fortune to spend the day with non-compliant Mary and her wonderful husband. Um, we went up there, we flew into Sacramento, and we drove over uh, to Mary's house, Mary and Michael's house. M&M, as I've now seen them referred to. Um, amazing, magical place, amazing, magical people. If you want to talk about the secret, the power that each of us has to overcome, to create our own worlds, to make happen what we won't need to make happen, Mary and Michael are, are some of the most... Uh, glaringly brilliant examples of that that I've ever met. And I was able to bring my wife up, and, and we were able to spend a day with them and, and and witness their dream as it unfolded. And it was majestic and beautiful and intricate and amazing in so many ways. I couldn't begin to describe all the things that I saw, and I'll be thinking about them for until I see them again. So, Mary... As always, welcome to the show. Not only are you an amazing screener, but you're an incredible individual. Tell us what's going on. Well, hey, um, I loved in the beginning where you were talking about maybe adding things in that were not from, like, the legal side of things, where 
a lot of us are brought together on this show because we support the liberation of this plant, and we talk about the benefits and all that. And I just thought it was really cool when you were saying how let's get some other things in here, like what I discovered last week, and a lot of you out there may have known this for a long time, but it's new to me and I'm excited about it, is when I get that um, that resin on my fingertips when I'm trimming, and we, we go around the house and we, like, try to separate our fingers and see, measure who's got the longest skin stretch between, you know, for who's the stickiest. And so anyway, so getting that sticky stuff off has been a problem, and we're putting all these, you know, chemical stuff on to get it off, and we're into health, so why are we doing that? And then someone showed me using oil, just regular whatever kind of oil, um, whether you've got coconut oil that's liquid or just any kind of oil, and I put that on, and I just rub it for a minute and then use soap after that. And I just think I've just learned the newest thing and wanted to share it. So let's share lots of tips and reasons why we are willing to go to this extent for this plant, because it's a dangerous plant if you get caught with it. <laughs> well, that's so, okay. Mary, I definitely am going to um, invite the, the, the guests and listeners to the show um, at any time, uh, you know, to share a little tip, an idea, a thought, we're going to be doing a new show that will be either every day, every other day, but much more often and probably not as long, um, a half an hour or an hour show, that we're going to be able to get in depth with all these things and have um, more guests and more, more hosts, and, and it's going to be more of a community show that, that some of our chapter leaders and our, our um, experts in any different field can come and and grab a segment and, and talk about something that's important, everything from growing tips to, um, you know, creative uh, uses tips to dosage and, and, and just about um, anything that might be, um, you know, useful uh, with this. And it also, of course, we always have uh, uh, ideas and tips about legal strategies and, and techniques and, you know, Ways to stand your ground better, ways to share, you know, ways to educate people better. Um, mm -hmm. This is about jury nullification, et cetera. Love so it all. I just want to be sure we have lots of, of smiles and laughs and, you know, pat, patting each other on the back and just basically celebrating. We're together. We're really cool people. Let's celebrate us and let's celebrate getting to know each other at the same time as, you know, protecting our plant. I totally agree, and I think that, you know, sometimes I, I think that um, the reason why volunteers are so hard to work with in, on a number of levels is there's two kinds of volunteers, the kinds that are so dedicated and focused that they don't care about anything else that's going on around them. They just want to get the work done and do what it takes to get it done. Then there's the others that just want to get together to have fun. And they don't really care if they get any work done. And so if you can bring the two together, <laughs> yes. both there, you know, on their own on their own premises, who cares? We'll get more done and we'll have more fun. So I think I, I'm I'm all supportive of that. I I, I like the uh, the creative solution. You certainly have either a giant box or a very small box that nothing will fit in. So I love the way you think. All right. Thank you. All right, Mary. Thank you once again and. Uh, we're going to continue forth. Uh, let's see. We got Glenn Keeling, and Glenn is one of our newest chapter coordinators out of Ohio. We just got a Facebook page 
converted from the old chapter to the new, and um, excited to see that happen. We're going to have some banners unfurling soon, and um, all we're going to be representing loud and loud and strong with a with a strong voice and a common message. Welcome to the show, Glenn. Hey, good evening, Joe. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, absolutely. What? Well, I just had a few things real quick. I'm not going to take much time, but I wanted to just to clarify a few things because there's there's this misconception that, you know, there is a few pharmaceuticals that are, are making the quote-unquote marijuana pill. I want everybody to be clear and understand the fact that those marijuana pills are not derived from the plant itself. It's a bunch of chemicals that man mixes up to mimic what the plant is. It's not nothing from the plant. It's chemicals that mimic the plant. So again, the, the, those... That's always better. Oh, wait, right, no. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, absolutely. I absolutely. Natural, natural is always better. But these, these pills, that you know, it, again, it, it's a chemical that a pharmaceutical is making. You know, it's not from the plant. It, it's not derived from the plant at all. It's chemicals that mimic, that mimic the plant. You know? Well, and, and the other thing uh, to be aware of, and it's really important, and I think that that's what a lot of bringing these people and groups together, there's research studies been done. And I can guarantee you that you will not find one case of Marinol or its generic trihibinol or whatever they call it today has ever cured anybody of cancer, has never shrunk right. a tumor, has never Absolutely. decreased MS symptoms, has never stopped a seizure, has never, and I can go on and on and on and on, all the things that cannabis does, I could show you that Marinol or Drahibinol or whatever the chemical equivalent of, and I put giant air quotes around equivalent, because clearly it's not just the one chemical that does the job. And we know that. Right. That's why we, we advocate for whole plant consumption. The, one, the, the single chemical might do some things. I'm not saying it's impotent. It's just certainly nothing like the whole plant. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, the chemicals, again, I mean, that's, I, that is the key word, chemicals that man makes. You're, they're man-made chemicals. You know, chemicals are not good to put in your system. You know, um, another thing real quick, Mary, you should lick your fingers instead of using soap and water. What's that? Right. I, I told Mary she should lick her fingers to get that resin off instead of wasting it. <laughs> I think she's using the oil as, a, as, a, as an infused oil, so I don't think she's wasted anything. <laughs> okay, good, good. Um, yeah, I think she's taking uh, coconut oil and infusing it and then using it. Right on. And another hey, thing. Hey, guys, is, you know, I can come on here at any point. I'm a really powerful person in this little presentation. And I just want to let you know, Glenn, that it, that, it, that would be like putting peanut butter sometimes in your mouth. You know how you try to, you know, move yourself up and down when you've got a lot of peanut butter in there? Because that stuff is sticky. So I don't know about maybe licking it but not chewing it, and I'd have to use some teeth to get some of that stuff off. Just saying. I'm going back behind. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, and also, you know, you, you hear all the time, I why we, and I think, right, and, and I talk about this every show because, you know, we get new listeners and stuff. You hear oh, all yeah. the time how the government and doctors, and or, well, not doctors, but you hear the government and everybody talking about how 
the plant there's no medicinal purposes it's you know it's a it, it's a evil plant and everything but I, I just discovered that a company called Biotech Pharmaceuticals was given a patent back in 2013 for the marijuana plant. It's, it's for them to grow it, to process it, and to clone it, more or less. Um, and it's for medicinal purposes, along with 6630507. Um, it's 9095554. That one has, there's another seven other patents under that one patent for medical marijuana that the government has given for this plant that they continue to tell us that there's no medicinal purposes, it's a it leads to other drugs and everything else, which is complete bullshit. I mean, everybody that, you know, knows anything about the plant will know that it's just a fabricated lie to continue to push for, to keep it oppressed, you know. We were born with an endocannabinoid system. You know, the endocannabinoid system, there is no other plant, there is no other food, there is no nothing on the space of the earth that interacts with that endocannabinoid system other than marijuana. And we're born with this system in us. I couldn't agree with you more, and I think that as more and more people learn it, and, you know, we just run into... uh, um, I think it was either Mary or somebody else who had recently... Oh, no, it was Lisa... Lisa, who's sitting right here next to me, uh, drove by some paramedics and asked them if they knew about it, what the endocannabinoid system was, and they didn't. And, you know, they're still not teaching it in their basic medical training classes. And it's interesting. I saw a movie the other day. I don't even remember what movie it was, but I remember one of the themes in it was a teacher teaching students about the, the, the systems in the human body, and she was talking about 12 systems. And she named them off, and I was like, you know what, I think there's 13. And she didn't mention the endocannabinoid system. And I was like, wow, you know, when is it going to go from some of us know about it to everybody knows about it? It's either there or it's not. And if it's been documented as being there, we know how it works. We know, we understand some of the receptors and how they work. Why is it not being taught? It just doesn't make any sense. Well, if they would teach it, then it would go against the the reefer madness. It would go against what, you know, they're wanting to keep this plant oppressed. Yep. Now, there you go. Well, the devil's advocate loses again. Um, Well, Glenn, always a pleasure. And um, as as we now have your new um, uh, page up and running, I I think you've got admin responsibility. If you don't, I will make sure you do. Um, And... um, I know Becca does, and I do, so um, any help that you need getting that page going, functioning, why don't you let people know if you're in or near Ohio and want to be part of the new chapter, how do they reach you? Right. They can reach me by Facebook, or they can give me a call at 419-863-0498. Real quick, an update, our next court date, this will be my third and Peggy's second pre-trial hearing, which is going to be on February 14th in Salina, Ohio. Of course, because why wouldn't we do that on Valentine's Day? Right. At least we'll be together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, oh, God, it's just it's, it's unnerving. I, I can't tell you, I have five Christmases in a row, I was either locked up or had just gotten out or was just about to be locked up. Um, you know, when I was going through my thing, you know, 200 court appearances in six years. 
So I I understand the machine. I understand it, and I it's why we should all be upset enough to do something about it. And as we were talking about before, you know, part of the battle is educating the jurors. Part of the battle is raising up the defendants. And you guys are carrying the hero's torch right now. You guys are walking into the walking into the belly of the beast, and you've got our 100% support behind you, and we'll do whatever we can uh, to raise that up. I thank you. I think I cannot thank Human Solution Group enough for their support. They have been the most supportive group um, that we have been involved with or had any kind of dealings with. I, I'm a former former uh, normal president, uh, executive director, whatever. And I lost that because going through this case. I'm also the executive director of a SWAV group, which is the Spirits with a Vision. It's a North Pacific Rim. I, I have been suspended from both of them groups pending the, the court outcomes, which is, is you know, right. That's <laughs> ridiculous. You know, you're talking about two different uh, grassroots uh, cannabis groups that have suspended me because I'm going through a cannabis case, which is absolutely ridiculous. But I am absolutely grateful for the human solution. Well, we, being the opposite route with that. we commend you as the hero that you are for having the courage to stand up against a government that is clearly not representing its people. Right, right. And I thank you guys again for everything that you guys are doing and have done and, and continuing to do. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Glenn. Again, we're running out of show. I'm going to move on fast. Hopefully we'll talk to you tomorrow um, at our regular time. And um, right always a pleasure to have you aboard. Sir, thank you very much. All right. We got Bob and Colleen and then Tom Corby with the NorCal Report to wrap it up. We're down to six minutes and counting. We'll go a little long if we have to. Bob and Colleen, welcome to the show. Sorry I missed you this last weekend. No worries, Joe. Um, I, I've been down with my Crohn's disease for the last uh, month or so, and it's, it's kind of been bad. And I've just been, uh, well, maybe we'll take care of my garden, but uh, just down, you know. And it's been a rough couple months, the last couple months. I haven't been feeling so well. And But anyhow, what I was calling about, um, you know, the mayor of my old town in Hammond, Indiana, where I used to live, he's fighting for his dog, for CBD, Oil, and I had to send him a message, and I also sent him my YouTube video, and and told him, you know, I was happy that he was fighting for his dog to have CBD oil in Indiana, but you know, I would love to be able to visit my parents one day, you know, and and be able to have my medicine myself, and and if there was any way, you know, I, I to help him fight for this, that would be that would be wonderful. So I'm hopefully hoping to get in touch with this mayor, and uh, well, see if he even answers me back. If you do get in touch with him, please invite him to come on as a guest. I'd love to talk to him a bit myself. Yeah, I, I do. I find it crazy. I, I'm still, I'm still in my mind. I can't fathom how. I, I, I mean, this this legal shit. They need to end prohibition. I know some people's medical conditions are different than others, and you know, my doctor had told me, and this was a you know a regular Northwestern University Chicago Hospital, 2011 looks at me and says, kid, if you don't get off all these pills, you're going to die. You need marijuana. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I got a bag in my pocket, you know? And, right. and, and, and I never put together ingesting it or other, you know, other forms of it or, you know, using it in different ways. 
until I, you know, really had to do it to save my own life. And I mean, luckily I was dropped off in a very kind family's backyard. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know how all this, this happened, but I can't fathom how my doctor can tell me I need cannabis. I mean, he actually wrote me a fucking letter, excuse my language, a letter to drive out and get oil to do my surgery with, to put my intestines back inside me with cannabis oil instead of morphine. You know, and 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 and, I, and for me not to be allowed to go back there because of this, I can't understand it. And then the mayor and his dog, it's it's they need to end prohibition. All these new laws they're creating are only creating more jail sentences. Every time they make another law, another person's going to go to jail. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, and uh, I couldn't agree, I couldn't disagree with them more. So, um, you know, like I said, if you ever if you do get a hold of this guy. Uh, please extend the uh, the invite, and um, you know I'm sorry to hear about your yeah. Well, I'm most, yeah, definitely going to do that. And um, when I, there's a 12 year old girl, you know, suing Jeff Sessions for um, cannabis because uh, she's you know has epilepsy and had to move to Colorado and she can't go see her family. And so I'm actually right now trying to find a civil rights attorney of some sorts to either sue the United States government and Indiana or whatever I have to do it, my doctors will testify to the medical necessity. And I just don't think it's fair that I, you know, I, I can't visit my family. I should have that freedom to to be able to see my parents before they die, you know, or, or whatever the case, or even perhaps they do die and I can't go to the funeral because I, I need cannabis oil. Yeah, that sounds just way too reasonable. I don't, I don't know that, uh, you know, common sense, it's going to break through unless we break it through. So I, I wholeheartedly support anything that can bring that kind of common sense. It, it's, it's a heartbreaker. Anybody who knows, like we just were talking about, either you have to be willing to break a law and face the consequences of breaking that law, or you need to be willing to suffer for not or for following the law. I don't see either of those as viable options for most people. Yeah. I don't see one, one more thing. As, I, I... I wanted to touch on that Marinol they were talking about, or these, these synthetic things. You know, when I had first got told that I needed cannabis in Illinois and my doctor told me to use marijuana, I, I looked at him and I said, well, I need a prescription for Marinol then because, you know, I was, I'm a union iron worker and I got to take tests and stuff and he used use cannabis. And, and I asked him for a prescription for Marinol and he, he, he looks at me and he goes, why would you want Marinol? And, and I said, well, I said, I got to take a drug test. I got to have it to pass a drug test. And that's when he, he told me that, that it was basically only uh, maybe, I, I forget, I think there might have been one cannabinoid of some sort in there, but the rest of it was like iron oxide, this, that, other. It's all was synthetic. He was telling me himself. It was no good for me. Yeah, well. I needed the real thing. I mean, yeah, he, was, I, he was, a, you know, in this, in, in turmeric. I recommend turmeric highly. To anybody that's suffering. There we go. Well, right. I couldn't yeah. agree with you. God bless you, and I'll tell you what, God bless all of you. And if Mary's out there listening, Mary, I, hopefully I'm feeling better soon. I have a, a phone number that's different. Um, I'll have Colleen get it to you. And hopefully I'll be down there to see you shortly. Um, I, I, I missed you guys, and I'm sorry, Joe, I didn't get to catch up with you when, I, when you came up. I just, uh, my rear end is in bad shape. We'll catch you next time for sure. All right, brother. I love you guys, and I love the human solution and uh, all of you. Uh, uh, thank God for all. I, I love you.
you guys have a blessed day, and hey, let's get the rest of these people on the air, man. They got a lot to say. I couldn't agree more. All right, once again, Bobby and Colleen calling from way NorCal, and we got Tom Corby to wrap up the show. But before we do, we're going to go a couple of minutes long. We're actually officially overtime right now. I can get away with this because I know people. Okay. Um, but that means nobody can call in now. So if you're not on the line, um, sorry, you should have called earlier. I have a thing I'm going to read. This was given to me by Lisa Sublett from Bleeding Kansas. Um, and Lisa's another one of these dedicated um, ad- advocate activists who go way above and beyond her comfort zone. And um, all I can say is if you guys are going to support uh, anybody in Kansas um, that's not the human solution, please. Uh, help out Bleeding Kansas, and uh, Lisa and her team are doing amazing work, and we certainly uh, support them any way we can. So I'm going to read this real quickly. Um, This is a little uh, blurb that I got from her. Folium Biosciences and Policy, Not on the Watch of Kansas, curated by Bleeding Kansas Advocates in collaboration with Kansans from Hemp. Folium Biosciences, also known as Whole Hemp Company is a producer of cannabidiol, CBD, products derived from industrial hemp. As detailed in the following information, the company has a questionable and checkered past, oftentimes to intentionally blur the lines between the medicinal whole plant cannabis and industrial hemp. The company is now embarking on a multi-state, government-endorsed research program working to exclusively create a CBD-based product free from the therapeutic constituent of cannabis and conveniently outlawed chemical compound THC. This initiative and its history has already been quietly established most recently in Utah by the passage of HB 130, which specifically allowed for research of cannabidiol under the auspices of private entities. The arrangement includes Folium Biosciences as a producer. Imagine that. NOC research management, approval, and funding through NIDA and overseen by the DEA. Among other non-transparent dealings explored herein, the company's about page fails to mention who provides seed, where they obtain seed or product from, or even the company's comprehensive PDF catalog says nothing about these originations. Medical and scientific organizations often warn consumers that companies creating CBD products make extraordinary claims using overly scientifically sounding language as an attempt to elevate their own credibility. Folium is no exception. And I was hoping Lisa could join us because that company is out there lobbying in Kansas for a CBD-only bill, which we know, or if we don't know, we should know, CBD is a wonderful drug. It's a great compound. I love CBD. I use CBD. I make products with CBD. But I only do that because I can't use products with THC and ship them anywhere in the world because, oh, yeah, it's illegal and I'll get locked up. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, Been there, done that, don't want to go back. So the truth is, as much as I could make a product that had THC and CBD in it, and maybe I do, maybe I don't, but for me to legally ship it, sell it, talk about it, right now, it has to have only CBD in it. And frankly, as much as I like CBD, I think CBD does a lot of good, 
it certainly does a whole lot more good when it's in combination with the rest of the plant as it wants to be. So anytime you see a CBD-only bill sitting in front of you, I consider it to be a cop-out. I consider it to be um, worse than, in many cases, just keeping it the way it is, having everything illegal. Um, all right, that's my two cents on that. We're going to wrap up the show with Tom Corby and the NorCal Report. I was fortunate enough to spend a day with Tom Corby um, last week, and uh, it's always a treat to see my brother from another mother. Uh, Tom is an amazing guy, doing amazing things, and it's always uh, an honor to be in his presence. Welcome to the show, Tom. Um, I want to thank you, Joe. Uh, always, uh, Joe, Becca, Mary, Lisa, and, and also Party Radio Show, Bobby Rodrigo. And uh, shout out to George Monterano. Glad he's on the show every week. I want to thank him again for his awesome book. Uh, when we talk about what's going on in Northern California, we have a history, historical case going on. Most all of you know about Prop 215, 420 with Dennis Crone, Richard Eastman, and Jack Hare, RIP. Also, Dana Beal and Jack Stasser. Uh, they, uh, I came on last week. I'm still putting the case together here. Thank Frank Canan for being here with me to help me. What do we need? We need more help, folks. Uh, they, uh, when I ported last week, uh, we only got bits and pieces. And I actually told Joe that a, 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 a Melissa Balin messaged me and a, a post came out on Facebook about Dana Bill being uh, busted. Uh, nothing was mentioned about James Bastard, but he's actually, uh, they were here last night. Uh, they stayed overnight. Uh, he was actually the defendant, I, I assume, because he was a driver, and Dana Beal was a co-defendant. Uh, thank him for coming last night and working their case with me. Uh, they came from Dennis Crone uh, and, and Brian. Uh, they are uh, coming for him as witnesses. Also, you also have, already have Chris Conrad contacted. Uh, we can bring Dr. Badgley. Uh, when we talk about Prop 215-424, here's, here it is. We want to use our collective. We always want to have our doctors and have our recommend, recommendations updated if can, but the rec really never expires. We can keep that in court. Uh, Joseph Tully will tell you he just has not lost a trial. Getting dismissal after dismissal following his lead. Uh, he will always tell you what he brings in. It was Prop 215, 420, and your collective and the doctors, and they take the cabazzi, and Dr. Allen will take the stand for you, and other doctors are following suit now. You must get a doctor that's, that's uh, knowledgeable in the medicine and will take the stand for you, and I'll pay the extra for a better doctor. Uh, uh, Frank Canan's right here, and... Uh, he helped me work the case last night. And between both of our notes here, I'm putting the case together finally. Uh, I want to get back my point on Prop 215, folks. We have till January 9th of 19, uh, uh, 
2019, uh, so we can still use our collectors and our doctors, and we can win in court like we have up here in Duke County. All the cases are being dismissed, acquittals, because we come and we stand our ground. We take them to trial on 995, dismiss probable cause motion, and on the speedy trial like Frank and Ann did, and that's what they're doing also. Uh, I'm going to take just a breath here and, take, and just remember to breathe. Uh, this has been exhausting, uh, but it's, it's, uh, we're glad we could be here to help. Uh, and to advocate, let's give a little uh, legal uh, guidance. It's always done here, and that's what we do. And now Frank will tell you, he's, when one sees people go through this, defendants, now they're helping other people do it too. So, yes, we go viral on that. Uh, so uh, what happened is uh, they uh, he got busted. They got busted uh and Hayfork, Trinity County, on 117, that's last Wednesday, uh, they, uh, they were targeted, uh, uh, Melissa, yeah, uh, yeah, what they said is that they were, they were driving, they went by these SUVs on the side of the road in Hayfork on, on Highway 3, and, uh, one of the one of the SUVs pulled out and followed them, and uh, they they pulled them over. And one of the things they said, "Well, you're swerving." And also, think about this: this violates the RICO Act because they said this highway is known for drug trafficking, basically. Uh, and so uh, they didn't consent to a search. And they searched the car. And they got 22 pounds. Uh, they weren't scripted at the time, but since then, uh, they've been, they've got a doctor and they've got the recommendations, and uh, that uh, definitely will help in court. Uh, it just takes uh, a little more work to get there. Um, they, uh, attorney, uh, so they, they're, they're charged with count one possession uh, and also transporting. Uh, the transporting is a little tough to beat. It, it's not covering really. I'm not sure on Prop 215, I think so, but on AMA, the transporting. Uh, but when we're looking at their cause, uh, uh, we can see a lot of reasonable doubt here. If we go to a jury, it plays a big role as reasonable doubt. Uh, they, uh, act, uh, uh, Jay Statzer is not uh, lawyered up yet. Uh, Dana Bill has uh, a good attorney that I've heard about. You probably have uh, Jim Bustanta uh, uh, from San Francisco. Uh, they had a uh, hearing uh, this morning, uh, this afternoon, actually. And uh, they, what they did is it was an appearance hearing. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't need court support. Uh, they, his attorney's doing the right thing. I said you must get to discovery. Uh, your police reports remain discovery, and you must know what's against you. How can you fight your case otherwise? So that's what happened today. They got back to me. Uh, actually, uh, uh, Rachel Eric Martin, you probably heard of her. She's a trial, actually paralegal. She, she only has another course, and she'll have her license. So we actually have a paralegal involved here, too. 
so we have a, a powerhouse coming uh, for Jay and uh, Dana. Uh, what else do you see here? Anything? Oh, they both did. Uh, I'm, I'm reading my notes from his notes, and 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 Frank can add here. They both spent four days uh, in jail. Uh, they they're out. Uh, they both. Well, only actually charged seventy five. I'm losing my voice. They still have this uh, seventy five thousand dollar bail. They got on bail because they have the attorney for seven percent of the seventy five thousand. So they're both out on bail, and they they pointed out many times. We know you can't do anything once you're behind the bars, and they're out here now, standing their ground. Uh, when they bust people like this, they mess with the wrong people. Uh, I've already given two to one odds. Like I've given all the others up here in Butte County. This case will be dismissed. Uh, well, uh, I, uh, uh, so they come up. Uh, uh, I said that what you want to buy for, and your attorney probably will, and you might. It's, it's just automatic. Uh, you want to buy for more time, shoot for three or four months. Well, they actually got a couple months. Uh, they go back to uh, uh, a motion hearing. Uh, I suggest it always come with a 995 probable cause dismiss hearing. Also, a 45-day time waiver on a speedy trial. And so uh, they filed, they're going to file that motion, and they're coming back on March 14, 18 at 1.30 p.m. Uh, I've got their emails now, so I'll be able to post it to the Human Solutions international.org calendar. Uh, we advise people to use the calendar and uh, any other way to get the word out. Like Joe said, that's what we do. Uh, I want to thank you all today. Uh, Frank Canam, I'd like to say a couple of words. Yeah, anyway, it was great having you up here, Joe. And uh, uh, thank you all today. And uh, as Donna would say, don't forget to breathe. Uh, and, uh, uh, I'm listening. To, ready to listen to Willie. Well, yeah. hopefully right. Donna's Go. breathing a little better today than she was when I was up there. Yes, yeah, she right. is, Joe. Yes, she is. All right, that's what I like yeah. to hear. That's what I like to hear. Right on, you guys. All right. Well, always a pleasure. And once again, I want to thank everybody that's made this show a success. Once again, I want to thank. Uh, Lisa Wildridge for manning the video and, and making it all get out there so we can all see it. I want to thank Becca for always filling in when filling in needs. Noncompliant Mary for being noncompliant Mary. Uh, I want to thank George Marcherano for joining the show and becoming a regular part of it. Craig Cecil and all the rest that made this an amazing show, and we will see you all next I am Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my